The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Happy Easter. You guys look good this morning. Got on your Easter duds, looking nice. Good to see you. So glad that you're here with us. And especially those of you, if you're here today and this is your first time at New Song Church, just want to give you a special shout out and welcome and let you know that we have been uh, praying for you. We've been thinking about you, preparing this place for you, and we are over the top excited that you're here with us today. Thank you for coming and, uh, and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus with us here today. We're so pumped about that. And uh, it's Easter, and, and we hope that you, if you don't have a church home uh, and you're looking for one, uh, this is a great one. So if you're looking for a good place to, to put down your roots and get planted in a church, you know, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. This is a great place for you to flourish. So we just want to invite you uh, to be a part of our church. After the service is over, I'm going to be out in the lobby along with my wife, Sarah, and some of our team, and we would love to meet you and get to know you. By the way, I'm Josh. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm Josh. I'm the pastor of this church. We'd love to get to know you and meet you. And I've actually got a gift for you that I'm going to give you. So make sure you stop by and say hi. You saw that video. We're starting a brand new series next week called Declutter. And uh, this series is kind of about this time of year. You know, this is the time of year we do a little spring cleaning, isn't it? We, we go to our houses and we get in our refrigerators and we, you know, we get in there and we, we clean out the little egg things that hold the eggs and pull out drawers and wipe stuff down and get into our closets and throw clothes away that we no longer wear. And we pull back our couch cushions and discover things that our kids have done to the couch that we didn't know spring cleaning is here, right? And in this series is kind of about that, but it's not about cleaning your home. It's really about cleaning up your life and, and about getting, getting your, your soul right and getting your soul in the right place. We, we believe this. God wants to rejuvenate you. He wants to redefine some areas of your life, wants to help you reorganize some areas. And we believe that in doing so, it's going to help you step into the fullness of the life that God has for you. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, this series is going to be really, really good. I, I think it's going to be one of the best series we've ever done at New Song Church. So, uh, so come back and join us next week. We've got three services starting next week, nine o'clock, 1045 and 1230. And we'd love to have you here with us. Well, it's Easter, isn't it? And uh, we've been preparing, like I said, for today for a long time. And it was months ago that we started talking about, you know, what Easter was going to look like this year at New Song Church, what we wanted the theme for Easter to be. We always try to come up with a theme. We pray about it and invite God to speak to us. And the theme that we got was, was this theme of because he lives. And, and then we sang that song this morning, you know, put the lyrics up there, guys. Because he lives, because he lives, because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Say this last part with me, just because he lives. And, and I know that to be true. I think many of you know that to be true. This, this idea that because he lives, my future is secure. But, but there's also this idea of like, what, what does that mean? Like, what, how do we sum that up? And that's kind of what I felt like God was stirring me to look at. And so I started kind of breaking that down. Okay, because he lives, 
dot, 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 like because he lives fill in the blank. What, what does that really mean? How can I simplify that? How can I, how can I express that in such a way that for those of you who've been coming to church your whole life, you walk away with something today. For some of you who are brand new to the things of God, you walk away with something today. And, and so I went to the Bible and I started reading the Easter story because that's a good place to start. And uh, as I was reading it, there's just something that just jumped off the page. And, and what I found was really, what I found was an Easter egg. You know, an Easter egg, like, I, I, well, when I say that, first of all, I didn't actually find an Easter egg in the scriptures, okay? And there's a lot of people that would love to argue that with you on Facebook, I know, but we're not gonna get into that today. But what I found was the idea of what an Easter egg is. See, an Easter egg, by definition, there's, there's two different definitions. Most of us know the first one. The first definition is it's an artificial egg or hard, hard-boiled egg that is dyed and often decorated as a part of the Easter celebration. We all know that. Many of you are gonna be dying eggs this afternoon with your kids, hiding them in your backyard so that the children can hunt them. I love that we hunt Easter eggs. Like we don't just look for them, we hunt them. (laughs) And uh, so that's gonna go down. But the other part, the other definition, this is the one that that I'm, I'm talking about. It's an unexpected feature included as a bonus. Some of you probably remember when DVDs first came out, like this was a really big thing they would do. They would create menus on DVDs and they would have these things called Easter eggs. And, and if you had your remote, you could kind of click around on the menu and you could click on things that maybe you didn't know you could click on. And when you clicked on them, it would unlock features to the movie or little hidden things called Easter eggs. And they were called Easter eggs. Why? Because they were hidden in plain sight. And that's what an Easter egg is. It's something that we hide in plain sight. Yesterday we had an Easter egg hunt with our kids in our neighborhood, this big Easter egg hunt, and, and they filled up the field that, that's right by our house with all these Easter eggs. In fact, I have a picture of it. This is the field uh, before the kids got to it. And, and I remember I, I sat there with my daughter, Sunny, who she's five, and I, I sat beside her, got down on one knee, and I was like, honey, okay, I know it's hard for you to believe this, but out there in that field, there are eggs. <laughs> she was looking at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, there's eggs out there. I know you can't see them, but they're out there. And if you go out there and you hunt them down, you can enjoy the fruit of what is inside of those eggs. And she just like, okay, yeah. And then, and then they turn them loose. And here's what happened to the field in 3.2 seconds. Go to the next picture. 3.2 seconds later, that's the field. <laughs> Which is amazing because these same kids that can clear a field full of eggs in 3.2 seconds, you send them to their room to clean up the mess in their room. And unless you go be a part of that, it ain't going down. This is proof, parents. They can do it. But that's not my point. My, my real point is about Easter eggs, right? And I found this, this thing. It's, it, was, it was there. It was kind of in plain sight, but I had never noticed it before. So John chapter 20, if you want to look at this with me, John chapter 20, the disciples are hiding in this story. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along with me up here on the screen. The disciples are hiding. Jesus has died on the cross. He's actually been resurrected, but they don't know it yet. And they're in this room and they've got the doors locked and they're terrified because their savior just got killed and they're afraid that they might be next. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says this. It says, on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, now look at this next part, Jesus came and stood. Now this was a baller move by Jesus. (laughs) Because when it says he came and stood, that actually means there was an unseen arrival among them. In other words, Jesus just appeared. He's in his glorified body and he just shows up in the room in the middle of them. Turn the person beside you and say, that's a baller move. 
Someday we're gonna get glorified bodies and we can do stuff like that. It's gonna be pretty dope. It says this, he came and stood among them and look at what he said. Now, let me remind you, these are his first words to his disciples post to the resurrection. The first words are important, aren't they? We, we recognize that. And obviously God knows that. God is very intentional with his words. Look at what his next words were. Peace be with you. Now, two verses later in verse 21, he actually repeats himself. Verse 21, then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, I send you. And, and, and so if you know anything about the Bible, Bible scholars will tell you that when something's repeated like this, it's very important. And when Jesus repeats himself and saying, peace be unto you, he, he's not just kind of, this isn't just a way of him wishing them well. This isn't just kind of a, a way to break the ice with them that, hey, I just showed up in the room magically and here you go. No, 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 he's not doing that. He was actually... Uh, making a declaration. He was bestowing a benediction to them. And here's what he was saying. The resurrected Jesus brings peace. And when I read this, the Easter story this year, that was the part that just jumped off at me. That was the part that was there. It it was kind of hidden in plain sight. It was there for me to see, but it just, it was there. And here, here was the truth that I discovered. Because he lives, peace is possible. Because he lives, I, I can face the future. Because he lives, I can have peace in the future. Because he lives, I know that God's got something for me and I can trust in that and I can have security in that in the now because I know that he lives and because of that, peace is possible. And let's just be real. Like today in the world we live in today, this is something that we need, isn't it? But we live in a world that is full of unrest. Like peace is at an all-time low. We live in a world full of all sorts of natural disasters, tornadoes and hurricanes and fires that burn up our cities and there's school shootings and mass shootings and, and there's political tension and there's, there's uh, nuclear tension and there's, there's sexual predators. All this stuff going on. I read this week about in Minnesota at the Mall of America, there was a guy and he just grabbed a random five-year-old and threw this five-year-old from the third floor of the mall. And when asked why he did it, he, he said he did it because he was just looking for someone to kill. Now, I, I heard today that that child's doing much better and is out of ICU now, but, but that's the kind of world we live in. Like evil like that exists in the world we live in. And so because of that, we see that like there isn't peace in the world. And beyond the world, there's also what we experience in our life. And sometimes we struggle to find peace in our world. Like I remember when me and Sarah, my wife, uh, were, were wanting to have a baby and we'd been married for about three and a half years. And so to start, we just decided, we kind of felt like it was time for us to have a baby. So we just started off by saying, okay, we're just gonna quit doing the things that you do to prevent yourself from having a baby. So we, we shut all that down, but, but then we didn't get pregnant. And so after about six months, we were like, okay, maybe we need to get more intentional with this. So we got more intentional and yet we still weren't getting pregnant. And months would roll by and disappointing month after disappointing month would roll by. And I, I found myself getting to this place where I, I started having these thoughts of like, well, what if something's wrong? What if something's wrong with me? What if something's wrong with Sarah? What if we never have any children? And then Sarah got pregnant. And, and you would think that then all that just would go away and I would now have peace, but I didn't. Actually, it just, the, the unrest just moved into a different category. And now I started having these thoughts of, well, what if something's wrong with the baby? What if the baby's deformed? What if the baby has Down syndrome? And in, in, in my mom's side of the family, there's a history of Down syndrome. What if that gets passed on to my, my children? 
What, what if something happens during the delivery and my wife, Sarah, passes away and I started having these thoughts that I'm having to deal with and having to push down with the word of God and this unrest is, is fighting against me. And then my son Gus is born and he's perfectly healthy, big old baby, almost 10 pound baby, which you saw my wife earlier, that girl delivered an almost 10 pound baby, a lot tougher than she looks, right? But, but she has the baby and you know, we're new parents. We don't know what we're doing. And Gus comes out and he's healthy, but, but here's the thing. He's not very good at latching on. And so he's not eating. And because he's not eating, his blood sugar gets off. And because his blood sugar's off, now the nurses are coming in and drawing blood. And in order for them to draw blood from a baby, they have to like prick them in the foot, in the little heel. And so they're coming in all the time and pricking his foot and he's crying and bleeding and, and he's not eating. And, and I'm just telling you, it was an all time season of unrest in my life. But fun, kind of funny story, during that time, we got a call from a pastor friend of ours, kind of an older father in the faith kind of guy, and, and uh, he, was, he heard about what was going on, and, and he was asking us, you know, what's, what's the deal? And we were like, well, we just need, you know, hey, he was saying, how can I pray for you? We said, well, we just need Gus to, you know, latch on and start eating. And then just on the phone, he starts praying this fire-filled, faith-filled prayer. Lord, I just command that baby to suck in Jesus' name. <laughs> It's the first time in my life I've ever prayed and asked God to make something suck. <laughs> but I tell Gus all the time, listen, that's why you don't suck, buddy, because you're, you're, God made you not suck. So you're, that's why you're good at stuff, all right? <laughs> my point is this. Peace can be something that's hard to come by, right? And, and here's the thing. Here's why. Because peace has to do with control, when you're struggling with peace, you're struggling with control. There's an area of your life that maybe feels like it's out of your control, Maybe today you're struggling with peace in your body because there's something going on in your physical health that's kind of outside of your control. And so because of that, you're having a hard time finding peace with your health. Maybe you're struggling with peace in a relationship because there's, there's someone you're in relationship with that, that, that's kind of out of your control. Like the marriage is out of control. The, the boss is out of control. That employee you work with is out of control and you, there's not much you can do about it. So there's a lack of peace in that area of your life. Maybe you're having trouble finding peace in your finances. Maybe you made a really dumb decision in the past that's it, now it's kind of out of your control. Or maybe, uh, maybe something happened that's caused you to be behind the eight ball. You lost a job for a season of your life and you're trying to catch up. And every month you, you struggle to, to have peace because you, you just don't know if you're going to have enough. Maybe something happened to you in the past. Something that was out of your control. Maybe someone did something to you as a child. Maybe someone said something over you as a child and you find yourself having a hard time stepping into the future that God has for you with peace because you, there's a lack of control over what happened to you in the past. We all find ourselves in these places where things feel a little bit out of our control. And so what do we do? We think, well, if I can just get more control, I can have peace. If I can just gain more control, then I can come to this place of peace. But let me just tell you this morning, church, the answer to your peace problem is not in you getting more control. The answer to your peace problem is in you surrendering control. See, you're, if you're looking for peace in this world, you're, you're never gonna find it. There's no dollar amount that's gonna lead to perfect peace. There's no relationship that's gonna lead to perfect peace. None of that can be found. And if you're looking for the things of this world to bring you that real lasting peace, I'm, I'm just telling you, you're always gonna feel unsettled, unsatisfied, and unfulfilled. But, but here's why we can find peace through God, because here's the thing, peace is a person. Jesus 
is the, is the person of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. And through Jesus, you can find real, lasting peace. Because through Jesus, you can discover the peace that he has for you. Look at this with me. This is Ephesians 2.14. It says this. It says, for he himself, this is talking about Jesus. Say these next three words with me. Is our peace. Say it again. Is our peace. Who is our peace? He himself. That's Jesus, right? Jesus is our peace. You can find peace in Jesus. Jesus is the person of peace who made us both one. He's unified us with God. He's made it possible for us to have a relationship with God. How did he do this? In his flesh, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility. Through Jesus, me and you can have peace. And and so here's how it works. Because of Jesus, because of the work that he's done now, through Jesus, you can have peace with God. You can have peace with God. The Bible says this in Romans 5 verse 10. It says, we were God's enemies. At one point in your life, because of sin, because of the mistakes of your past, because of the things that you've done, and listen, don't feel bad. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. But because of that, the Bible says we were in this place called, we were at enmity with God. We were enemies of God. But Jesus came and he fixed that. Look at this. It says, but he, talking about God, made us, me and you, his, what's the next word? Friends. We were made friends. How did he do this? Through the death of his son. So because of sin, we were enemies with God. And how many of you know, it's hard to have peace with someone when they consider you an enemy or you consider them an an enemy. Like that doesn't work. And so Jesus made a way so that you could be friends with God. You could have a close relationship with God with God. You could be close to God. The, the barrier that broke, that, that, st- that stood between you and God was erased by Jesus Christ. Now you can have peace with God. Now here's what happens because you can have peace with God. Now you can receive the peace of God, the gift of peace that God wants to give you. And this is an incredible, incredible gift. This peace that God has for you. Philippians four verse seven tells us that it's a peace that passes our understanding. That means it, it's, it goes beyond our natural way of thinking. It's not based on our circumstances being perfect. It's based on God being with us in the middle of our circumstances. And when we have this gift of peace that God wants to bring to us, it, it, guard, it goes on to say it guards our hearts and our mind. It sets a guard around us and protects us. This is amazing. So now we have peace with God. Because we have peace with God, we can experience the gift of the peace of God. And here's what happens out of that. Now, because you have peace with God, peace of God, you can have peace with yourself. You can have internal peace. And now that you have internal peace, you can have peace with others, external peace. So let me break it down for you. I wrote it down like this. Uh, Peace with God leads to the peace of God, which leads to peace internally, peace with yourself, which leads to peace externally, which is peace with others. In other words, you can have peace. And that's good news, especially in a world of unrest, isn't it? Peace is possible. Why? Because he lives. And when you rest your life in the peace of God, peace becomes four things for you. It becomes number one, peace becomes a promise. God promises you peace through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 26 verse three says this, you, which is talking about, this verse is kind of talking about who God can be in your life. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in, check this out, perfect peace, perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. When, you're, when your life is rooted in Jesus Christ and you're trusting him with your life, you can experience perfect peace. So the question is, are you trusting God with your life? 
And, and sometimes we struggle with that, don't we? And here's why, because we get a little nervous. What if I trust God with my life? And, and what if it's a miserable life that he leads me to? Like, what if, I've heard this my whole life. I grew up in church and I'd hear people say stuff like, what if God calls me to go to Africa? Like, for some reason, Africa is always the place that we're like, please, God, don't send me to Africa. I don't know. But anyways, uh, listen, if you don't want to go to Africa, God's probably not going to call you to go to Africa. Because God loves you. And he created you. And he knows how he created you. And he's not going to send you to do something you hate. You know what I've discovered about, about myself? You, you've probably discovered this too. Um, I know me really good. Like I'm an expert in some me. I know me better than anybody else. And I bet you know you better than anybody else too. I, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. But at the same time, I also have discovered something. And that is this. I'm still discovering things that I do like. Like, I don't know everything about myself. As much, as, as much of an expert as I am, I'm still discovering, like, parts of my personality, things that I like, things that I enjoy. Like, for, for example, uh, a couple weeks ago, my wife um, did this incredible thing. For, for my birthday last year, she bought me tickets to go to the opening day baseball game at Fenway Park in Boston. This was like a bucket list item thing. I wanted to go, I wanted to just go to a game at Fenway Park. I just thought that'd be cool. But she got me opening day tickets. And, and after she bought them, they won the World Series. So, so check this out. When we go to this game, like it's the ring ceremony for the day. It's in Boston. It's in this incredible park. The stupid New England Patriots showed up with their dumb little trophy that they won this last year. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that right now, but the, you know, but other than that, it was really cool. And I discovered something. I discovered that like, I really like the city of Boston. It's a pretty cool city. There's a lot of history there, a lot of really good food there. People are nice. Like I didn't think they'd be nice. I went to New York a couple of years ago and I'd like smile at people walking by and they looked at me like they were going to slit my throat. <laughs> my friend Kevin is laughing because he's from New York and he will slit your throat. But in Boston, like you say hi to people and they're like, they're nice to you. In fact, I came out that, that day of the game and I'm wearing my Red Sox fan and or my Red Sox hat and all these people kept coming up to me going, you going to the game? You going to the Sox game? That's my Boston, that's terrible. But it, like, yes, I am. It was fun. But I also discovered this, like uh, there was this place called Mike's Pastry. And if you're ever in Boston, like for real, it was so good. Okay, so they have these things called cannolis. And as far, all I knew about cannolis, my, my knowledge of cannolis pretty much begins and ends with Curious George. Like that's, they, you know. But, but I, I, we went in this place because we heard they were really good and we got one and <laughs> like for real, like I'm, I'm not even kidding. So, okay, so they're wrapped in this like little shell thing. It's like crispy and so good. And then they fill it with something from the presence of the throne room of God. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it is crazy good. And it's like two bucks. So if I look fat today, that's why. I had like 50 of these while I was there. They were so, so good. If you're ever there, you've got to have them. They are incredible. But here's the thing. I didn't know that I liked those. Like, if you would have asked me a month ago about my favorite desserts of all time, it wouldn't have been on my list. Now it's probably number two. But before that, I didn't know. I discovered that. But you know who knew that I would love Mike's cannolis? 
the one who created me. And, and because he knows me better than I know myself. He knows things that I'm still discovering about myself. He's known them from the beginning of time. He knows how many hairs are on my head. And that number's changing on a yearly basis. <laughs> but he knows that. And, and, and the Bible also tells me that he loves me with a perfect love because his love is not based on my performance. It's, it's based on the fact that he is love. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. He knows me better than anybody else and he loves me more than anybody else. And then he makes statements like this in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has plans for me and his plans are good. And they're not to harm me, but they're plans to prosper me and give me a hope and a future. So, so here's what that tells me. I can trust my life into his hands. I, I can have peace in giving control of my life and quit trying to fight for control, but give control of my life over to him because in the life he has for me, it's the best life possible. And I'm telling you, I've discovered this to be true. I lived for a while my own way and I was miserable, but I've been living for God for years now and it's the best life I've ever experienced. And that's available for you. You can rest in the promise of peace if you're willing to trust your life Trust the control of your life into the hands of God. Here, here's the second thing that peace can become in your life through Jesus Christ. So it can become a position. See, peace is not something that you're fighting for. Peace is actually something that you're living from. We're not trying to gain peace with God. We have peace with God. It's already been given. The Bible says it like this in, in uh, Titus 3 verse 7. It says, Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. I know that's true for me. I'm sure it's true for you. I hope you recognize that. It says he made us acceptable to God and he gave us, this was a gift from him, the hope of eternal life. We've been made acceptable to God. You can be accepted by God and you, you need to understand today because of Jesus, if you've given control of your life to God, if you're resting in who Jesus is, then, then because of that, like you're, you're accepted by God. He doesn't look at you and, and, and base his acceptance of you on your past, on your works, on your shame, on the things you've done. No, no. When he looks at you, Jesus looks through the, through, at you through the lens of the cross. And because the cross was acceptable, you're made acceptable through the cross. So you're not trying to get acceptance from God. You've already been given it. It's a position that you have. You are fully accepted and embraced by God if you give your life to Jesus Christ and give him control and allow him to perform the miracle of giving you the new life he offers you today. You can experience the position of peace through the promise of God because he lives, peace is possible. Here's the third one. Through, G through Jesus Christ, peace can become a pathway. A pathway. And here's what I mean by that. It's a pathway into eternal life in heaven with God. See, something you need to recognize this morning. I know it's Easter, but I know this is going to maybe come as a shock to some of you, but this is true. Okay, you ready? We're all going to die. Happy Easter. <laughs> but it's true. We're all going to die. The, the stats remain 100%. Everybody dies. So, are you prepared for that? Because if you're not resting in the work of Jesus Christ through the cross, then when this life comes to an end, you will not rest in peace. But you can rest in peace because peace is a place called heaven if you're resting in the work of Jesus Christ through the cross because Jesus is the pathway to eternal life with God in heaven. Jesus said it like this in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way. Everybody say the way. Not a way, 
not one of many ways, the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one, everybody say no one. No. Turn to the person beside you say, not even you. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through Jesus. You cannot connect with God here on earth, and you cannot step into eternal life with God in heaven unless you're resting in the work of Jesus Christ. But if you rest in the work of Jesus Christ, Jesus becomes a pathway that promises you eternal life with God. See, Jesus is a pathway, but you could also say like this, he's a bridge. See, Jesus came to this earth and he stooped down to our level and he took on sin and shame and death and the grave. He took all of those things on and now through him, he becomes a bridge that helps us to cross over those things so that they have no control and power in our life. And now through Jesus, you can step into eternal life with him. He's the bridge. He's the pathway into eternal life with God. And then here's the last thing. When you rest in the work of Jesus Christ and allow him to bring peace in your life, peace becomes a power, a power. When we celebrate today Easter because Jesus defeated the greatest things that existed in this world. Like he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Those were the things that like had a, a perfect record. I, I said earlier, like the, the death toll is staying right there at 100%. Well, except for one. Jesus defeated death. And because he defeated death, now through him, we can defeat death. See, because of what Jesus has done, now the person of peace, Jesus Christ, can be a personal God in our life. And we can have the power of God through Jesus in our life. Jesus said this in John chapter 14. He talked about how now he is in God and God is in him. And then he says, and I am in you. Meaning that Jesus wants to be with you. He wants to walk alongside you. He wants to empower you. He wants to strengthen you. And that's why in Ephesians, Paul talks about this. And Paul's like, you gotta, you gotta recognize this. You gotta see the power of God in your life. Paul says it like this, Ephesians 19. He says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Why does he want us to believe in this? This, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Why does he want us to understand this and see this? Here's why. Because if you recognize that Jesus, the one who defeated everything, is in you and with you and empowering you, how in the world are you going to struggle with peace? Like if you know God's for you and not against you and with you and empowering you and the same power that raised him from the, de from the dead is in you, Nothing is dead in your life. Nothing is dead. You say, well, Pastor Josh, you don't know my situation. Like my marriage is a wreck. And we live in the same home, but we are miles apart. We don't get along. I don't even like this person anymore, let alone love them. Well, it doesn't matter. Because if you're a Christian, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and can resurrect your marriage. You say, but Pastor Josh, my dreams are dead. I messed up. I made mistakes. No, no, no. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can live in you and can resurrect your dreams. Pastor Josh, my story is different though. Like I, I've been bound by addiction and I've, I've burned so many bridges. I've had this toxicity in my relationships that's uh, it just ruined my life. No, no, no. The same 
power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can live in you and can bring new life to any situation you face because he is alive. We can be alive in him. And listen, nothing is dead in your life. That's possible. But listen, it's not automatic. You got to choose it. God didn't make you a robot. He didn't make you a puppet or a muppet. He's not pulling the strings of your life. You have to choose. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. He did the hard part. But you got to choose. So so here's what I'm saying this morning, okay? I could sum it up like this. Uh, In the 60s, there was a lot of turmoil in our country. The Vietnam War was going on at this time, and the country was divided. A lot of unrest was going on in our country. In our nation. It was during that time that John Lennon, the famous Beatle, wrote this song, Give Peace a Chance. And this song became an anthem of the time. People would sing this at walkouts and rallies, and, and it was kind of the cry of that generation of like, can we just give peace a chance? This week as I was preparing for this message, God reminded me of of this song and this idea. And and in a way, John kind of had it right in in that the answer can be found in peace, but here's where John had it wrong. He was looking for peace through natural things. He was looking for peace in political decisions and and, in relational changes and, and us bringing peace. But the idea that he placed before us years and years ago is an idea I've placed before you today with a little bit of a different understanding. You see, peace is a person. And that person is the Prince of Peace named Jesus. And because of him, we can have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we can experience the peace of God, which can touch us internally and help us to touch others externally. And now because we have those things, we can walk in the promise of peace and the position of peace and the pathway of peace and the power of God's peace in our life. So all I am saying is give peace a chance. Would you give Jesus a chance with your life? And I believe if you do, you'll be amazed at what he can do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Maybe you're here today and you can kind of sense the conviction of God in your, in your heart right now. Like maybe God is saying to you, isn't it about time? Isn't it about time you quit trying to gain control of everything yourself and just trusted me with your life? Maybe today you're here and, and you don't have peace with God. You, you find yourself going, I feel like God's a million miles away. I don't know that if I was to, if my life was to end tomorrow, I don't know what my eternity would look like. I don't think I could rest in peace because I'm not really sure. At one time, maybe you were close with God, but today you're not really sure. Well, the good news is Jesus is the pathway and he made a way so you could be close to God. And so here's how it works. If you want to experience the peace of God and know that you're settled in this peace of God for eternity, The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you can be saved. And what happens is 
Jesus comes and he, he cleanses your, your life of all the sins of the past, all the mistakes of the past. He makes you what the Bible calls a new creature in Christ Jesus, where everything from your past is thrown away. And now you experience the new life and you have the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's what the cross makes available. The resurrected king can resurrect your life from whatever the mess is. He rose, so now you can be raised to new life in him and experience new peace through him. And if you're here today and and you don't know that that's true for you, I wanna give you an opportunity to pray a prayer, to do what I just said, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart so that you can be saved. So if that's you today, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. With every head bowed, every eye closed, it's just between me and you. If that's you, you'd like to make Jesus the Lord and savior of your life. You wanna hand over control to him. I'm gonna count to three and I want you to put your hand up. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Put your hand up, put your hands up. Hands up, going up all over the room. Awesome, hands up, put them up. You can put them back down once you put them up. If that's you today and you wanna know that you know that you know that you're right with God, that you're stepping into an eternal life with Jesus Christ, just put your hand up. Don't leave today not sure. Don't leave today uncertain about your future. Leave today with peace, knowing that you're at peace with God. Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. So good. Another hand going up. Awesome. All right, a lot of hands went up all over this room. And and so here's the next step. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. You're going to be confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. And this miracle is going to take place. You may not feel anything, but a miracle takes place. God is going to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. All the past is gone. And you can now begin to step into the new life that Jesus has for you. Church, since we're in agreement, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I confess I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead so I can be raised to new life in you. I give you control. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my all. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's give him a hand this morning. Come on, church, you can do better than that. Praise God. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.